What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Don't worry, folks. You don't have to watch Colts Broncos anymore. We promise. It is over forever. Happy Friday. I know you're all in a bad mood. You're mad at football. You're mad at fantasy football. That's okay. Hey, maybe you went up against Russell Wilson, and you love football right now. But, yeah, it was ugly last night. Welcome to the show. We're going to recap that game and talk about seven NFC home games. We did Tennessee-Washington yesterday. The other seven games today will be Philadelphia, Arizona, Seattle, New Orleans, Dallas, and the Rams, Chicago, Minnesota, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, Carolina, and the Giants and Green Bay in London. Hey, guys, what would you think of that game last night, Dave Richard? I don't know what you're talking about not liking football. I started Alec Pearson, Chase McLaughlin, baby. I'm rolling. Okay. <laughs> No, I didn't do that. No one did that. Uh, not not fun to watch if you like offense. If you appreciate pass rushing, then, you know, it was okay. Yeah. Jamie, short, uh, Jamie and I competing for shortest hair at the company. We both have fresh haircuts here, but uh, you're looking good. And, uh, well, yeah, give me sum up last night's game. Uh, looking good yourself. Um, Thanks, bud. Dave, when you left the room during the Naheem Hines play, you should have just stayed in the other room wherever you were and not come <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, um, you know, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I'll tell you <laughs> uh, that. That, uh, that was a, just uh, ugly. I mean, very, very ugly. Um, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I mean, Russ, Russ, Russ is cooked. Um, oh. And uh, the Naeem Hines play was just, just sucked. Absolutely sucked. Like, yeah. he had three, three touches, three opportunities to touch the ball in the first three plays and, and then gets hurt. He was hopefully set up for a big game. Deion Jackson did well running in his place. I mean, you know, if there, if there is a couple positives, Dave mentioned Alec Pierce, that's positive. Yep. Um, and Melvin Gordon, I thought did okay. You know, just total yardage. Um, he, he hit his prop of over two and a half catches. So that was good. Um, and, and Mike Boone looked like he, he ran well, uh, as well. So 
if there is a silver lining, maybe those are the things you look at. But this game was just absolutely, absolutely atrocious. One of the worst games I've ever seen. Yeah, and there is a silver lining. It is the wager of the day. Okay, folks, we're going to take a quick break from fantasy to tell you about one of our listeners who tweeted at me last night in the waning minutes of the game. He said, pray for me. He made a bet before the game on the first player to score a touchdown, and he bet that nobody would score a touchdown. He put $100 on it to win $10,000. And it went to overtime and still, it went to the last play of the game and Stefan Gilmore breaks up that pass and our listener, Brandon, won $10,000 because he bet that nobody would score a touchdown. I, I'm so happy for him. I was so mad at football last night and you know my Russell team and my started Hines in two leagues or whatever. I'm obviously worried about Hines. But I was I didn't care because this was such an amazing yeah. moment for Brandon and congratulations, cool. my man. Way to go. What a bet. Wow. Imagine having a hundred dollars that you could put on that kind of a bet. <laughs> I guess so. Like that bet loses. It's gotta be like ninety-nine percent of the time. Yeah, man. And, but on the one time it hits, Brandon, great job. Yeah. All right, so so let's talk about this game because there were so many injuries, too. In addition to Naeem Hines leaving after three plays with a concussion, the Colts lost center Ryan Kelly. They lost defensive lineman Quiddy Pay to a very look like a very serious injury. On yep. the other side of the ball, the Broncos lost two starters on, uh, three starters on defense. Uh, Josie Jewell and Barrett Browning, a couple linebackers. Uh, Ronald Darby, cornerback, he left in the second quarter. And their left tackle, Garrett Bowles, Broke his leg, so it was. Uh, it was there was carnage out there. There were good cornerback cornerback versus wide receiver battles. As uh, you know, Pittman saw a lot of Darby at first, and then he saw a lot of Sertan. Gilmore was all over Cortland Sutton, so we got to keep keep those things in consideration. There are a lot of fantasy storylines here, but I think we should start with the big one. Jamie says Russ is cooked. I think he was being a little facetious there. Uh, he was coming off uh, of, a, a little. I bet he wasn't. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Thirty-one point five point fantasy game uh, against the Raiders last week. But yeah, I mean, he's at, he's got to be out of the circle of trust. Uh, I mean, what, what do we do at this point? Start him, sit him, bench him, drop him, uh, or sit him and bench him are the same. Start him, sit him, drop him. Dave, what would you do with Russell Wilson? The first thing I would do is if I started Russell Wilson, I would run to my waiver wire right now and see if Geno Smith is there. Geno Smith plays against the Arizona Cardinals in week six at home. That's my starting quarterback for week six. I don't want anything to do with Russell Wilson against the Chargers, and I might be willing to go back maybe if Russ looks even – he's got to look good against the Chargers for me to trust him against the Jets. I, I I don't mind if you cut Russell Wilson because I don't know if he can – I don't know if he can regain his old form. He looks awful. He looks jittery in the pocket. He's off target with a bunch of his throws. His timing with Jerry Judy all season has been absolutely maddening. The only guy – that he's got good timing with is Corland Sutton. He barely throws to KJ Hamler. That's the dude that he needs to really connect with. That's what'll make this offense pop. I've got Russ in a couple of leagues. I've already made the move to get Geno Smith on my bench. That's my starter in week number six. I'll take it from there after that. It's going to be a week to week thing at quarterback. All right. I would probably pick him up if so, I, I would pick him up if someone dropped him. Unless I All right, had, hold on now, hold on. You say that I would. But let's say you've got an elite quarterback. No, that was about, that, that was the second like that. part of my like, sentence. I would not do it if I had a, an right. Elite so what's it? What what type of quarterback 
would you have to have to pick up Russ to be your backup in a one quarterback league? For me, it'd be Carr, Cousins, um, someone in that group, Rodgers. You know, then I'd pick up Wilson. All right, I'm. I might pick him I, up I anyway. Know. He's still Russell Wilson. I, 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 yes, I'm his patient, name is I'm still Russell to a fault. Wilson. I'm patient no, to a he's fault. He's not the same guy. I'm patient. But now to he's a fault. down. He's down his left tackle. Yes, he's, he's down his starting running back. You know, so mm-hmm. now they're going to be. I don't know, more predictable, but you know, they're a little easier to defend. And it's there. There's clearly there, there's a lot of disconnect right now. It's it's not just okay. They can't score in the red zone, but they can't score in the red zone. You know, so there's just a lot going on right now with this team and. um you know they have extra time now to, to 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 prepare and fix it, and clearly, you know he's he's the type of guy we've seen this with him before at times where there's been some issues, and he's bounced back from it. But he's older now; he's on a different team now. Uh, the coach looks lost right now, and, and there's just a lot at play with this this Broncos team and this Broncos offense. So um, I don't know if you necessarily have to spike cut him. So I I think making the move for Geno Smith makes sense as a starter, uh, but it would not be a surprise if he does have a competent game against the Chargers and then comes back and lights up the Jets the following week. I don't think and, that necessarily is, is a guarantee, but I'm with you, Adam. I think if you have a, a struggling quarterback situation, um, like I, I don't necessarily want to say, okay, I'm going all in on Geno Smith for the rest of the season and not having yeah. a, a good backup option as well. You know, So if you want to carry both, that's fine. If you have the ability to carry both, obviously you do so, but um, you might have to make some tough calls. Like I, I you know, you ask a quarterback scenario, like I drafted Trey Lance and Justin Fields on one team and my right. team is stacked, but my quarterback situation is a disaster. So I'm starting Teddy Bridgewater this week. And then next week, I'm just going to play quarterback roulette from week to week. Um, next week, uh, you know, Geno Smith is available. I'll move on to Geno Smith next week. Uh, but that's the type of scenario I'm in. If I saw Russell Wilson on the waiver wire, I would absolutely pick him up because I think he could still have some good moments. He is just not going to deliver on the expectations that we had and the Broncos had for him coming into the season. They certainly, I'm sure, regret the trade. They probably regret the compensation in terms mm. of the contract. And, you know, hopefully things get better. But right now, it just looks bad. I, I think you're on the right track there. And if you did have that quarterback situation, then, yeah, you're right to pick up Russ if he made it free. What would you think about a quarterback that played against the Jaguars, the Titans, the Raiders, and the Panthers, and then the Ravens after that? Pretty good schedule, right? You'd love to have Yeah, but that's Matt Ryan, though. <laughs> no, no. That's Russell Wilson after the Jets. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and and there is a schedule there that does lend some optimism for us. I just, I, it really starts with him. And if he's not playing well, he's not seeing the field well, he's not protected well, then he could be playing against Middle Tennessee State, which, by the way, (laughs) one of the best college football programs in the nation. Uh, it, it, It doesn't really matter. So I hope that we see some improvement in that game against the Chargers. If we don't, then you're not going to have confidence to start them against any of those easier matchups. Yeah. If they could just solve their red zone woes, they are the worst red zone team in the NFL. And they should have kicked the field goal. They just, just tie the freaking of course. game. They, uh, yeah. I mean, that was, that was, they're, they're not good enough right now to go for that there. All right. So uh, listen, in order to not have an hour and a half show today, I'm going to speed you through the rest of this game. In, are you encouraged by Melvin Gordon getting 18 touches in this game? Uh, compared to t- 10 for Mike Boone, but encouraged or discouraged by Melvin Gordon? Or higher on him or lower than him than you were on him than you were before the game, Jamie? Slightly higher. Uh, you know, again, it, it was, what was the workload going to be? How much would they split it up? He didn't fumble. So yes, he came through this game, I, I think with, you know, positives as opposed to, uh, to negatives. He almost fumbled. He did. <laughs> it, he did for yeah. a second there, it looked like he did fumble 
when the ball got knocked away, his knee was down first. Uh, I love that he played all of the snaps inside the 10. Uh, Jerry Judy and Michael Pittman, Dave, do you see buy low opportunities on Jerry Judy and Michael Pittman? Again, Pittman saw the tougher coverage here and they went more to Alec Pierce. Yeah, absolutely on Pittman, but I think fantasy managers with Pittman uh, understand that he's going to have some some pretty good games. His schedule coming up, it's the Jaguars, the Titans, the Commanders, and then a couple of tough ones mixed in. Patriots, Raiders. Raiders is easy. Eagles is going to be impossible. Uh, Cowboys down the line. It's it's not going to be as easy as someone like Judy's schedule, but I think he's, he's going to find a way to get good target volume, not necessarily command all the targets, because I think Alec Pierce is... I think he's there. I think he's breaking out. Um, I think if you look at him as a top 20 wide receiver, I think he'll be okay. I think that's the way to go with, with Pittman. So pay that price for him. Judy, I don't want to pay much of a price for because he's just not connecting as much as he should be with Russ. He should have had a huge game last night. Uh, I know. You can see when he gets open, when he gets the ball in his hands, you can see his ability. Yeah, uh, but now not, we're, not we're talking about the third different quarterback he's had that he can't get on the same page with. Uh, Jamie, let's talk about Alec Pierce. Is he going to be a must that? He's only, I think, 14% rostered Alec Pierce, and he's gotten three pretty good games in a row. Uh, your thoughts on Alec Pierce? He's been in the waiver wire for three straight weeks. So, yes, he should absolutely be added. I mean, you know, this is... Uh, um, it, it's very similar. I don't think he's going to get to the same heights, but you know, this was what I said after he was drafted. He went to the team that needed a second receiver. And you know, this is what I said about Amara St. Brown after the draft last year. You know, you, you see a path to targets, see a path to opportunity. Um, Matt Ryan should not get a pass. He looked awful last night too, you know? He and did. so the offensive line for Indianapolis is still a disaster. They moved some guys around, you know, trying to help, uh, you know, fix the, the woes that they have right now. And I believe Ryan Kelly got hurt in the game too. So, you know, yeah. not, not a good situation there. Um, for one of their better uh, linemen. But um, getting Taylor back will help, uh, you know, I think just the offense as a whole because they, they, they you know, Deion Jackson did some nice things, but I, they, they're still struggling to run the ball. Um, and if Hines is going to miss any time, that's just more targets all the way around for everybody. So uh, Pierce is going to be in the same range uh, as George Pickens, um, as, you know, potentially Romeo Dobbs in terms of, you know, trust factor for these guys if this continues for him. Uh, so he should absolutely be added across the board, and he's going to be in the number three conversation, I think, for the rest of the season. Not necessarily a must-start guy, but a num- in in the range of possibilities, that's where he'll be. Like okay. a floor of eleven PPR points. I think it's fair. Yeah. All right. All right. That's Alec Pierce. You can take a look at him, and we'll hopefully get Jonathan Taylor back next week. But if not, we'll of course address the situation on the Tuesday waiver wire show. All right. Who's excited? I know Dave is not. For postseason baseball. Yeah, yeah, I know you thought at this point you'd be excited for postseason baseball, but no, it didn't quite work. Oh, <laughs> he left. Come back, Dave. Listen, it's a SeatGeek ad, Dave, and I wanted to show you some Yankees tickets here on SeatGeek because this is how SeatGeek works. If you're watching on YouTube.com slash today, you go to SeatGeek.com or you get the SeatGeek app, and I'll give you 20 bucks off, by the way, with our promo code in a second. But you're going to look at the map, and it's got all these green dots all over the place, and those are the good bargains. Stay away from the red dots. Hit those green dots. The bigger the dot, the brighter green, 
or the darker green, actually, uh, you'll see, it's, it's obvious, uh, the better the bargain. You can sort by deal score, you can sort by price, you can sort by location, um, you can do it with, you can filter it so that you know what the price is with the fees. It's a very easy app to use, a very easy website to use. And I use SeatGeek all the time. When I need to go somewhere, it is the only place I go for tickets because it takes tickets from all over the web and puts them in one one place to make things simple for you. So here's what you're gonna do. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT, 20 bucks off your first purchase. You're all sports fans, concerts fans, what, you know, music, go to an event. When you go to an event, use SeatGeek. Use the promo code FFT. 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek order. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat and download the app today. All right, Dave, come back. You back? There he is. Okay. Yeah. My son used SeatGeek to get tickets to the Canes North Carolina football game. Hey, someone's got to go. I'm glad to hear it. All right, Dave and Jamie, I've got a segment for you that's going to take no more than two minutes. All right. I'm giving you 30 seconds each. It's, a, it's the alert segment, schedule alert. Ordinarily, I know he wouldn't care, but the Panthers are kind of crappy, so do you care? The next three games for Christian McCaffrey, including Sundays, are against the Niners, Rams, and Bucks. Yeah. They are one through three in fantasy points allowed to running backs. Dave, do you care for McCaffrey? I care for DFS. I don't care for seasonal fantasy. Jamie? Agree. Okay, how about bust alert? George Kittle. He is running. By the way, he is running as many routes as he usually does, but he is not being targeted. And in his last eight games, including three postseason games, he has been held to less than 30 yards in seven of eight games. Jamie, do you care about these, or do you still think George Kittle is, you know, George Kittle? No, I care. I absolutely care. I mean, you know, you're seeing a struggling fantasy player. He's not a struggling player because he's a great blocker and a great tight end still, but he's a struggling fantasy player right now. So there's a good buy low opportunity. So buy low if you can. Dave, worried about Kittle or just kind of accepting this ebbs and flows of the season? Am I crazy or was there conversation this week out of San Francisco that they're going to make an effort to get him more involved in the passing game? They Yes, they did talk about how they have to get him involved. And uh-huh. yes, so the game plan was you got to play that squeaky cricket. Oh, you, you mean George Kittle? Yeah, for George Kittle. Play that squeaky crazy <laughs> wild boy. There it is. I wonder if this is the week to start him. Maybe he gets yeah, he was really close. He was a foot away from scoring a touchdown last week. Yeah. If he if he did, no one would be complaining. Everybody would be starting him. Okay. Uh give him a, roll him out there another week. All right. There are some some underlying numbers that are a little concerning. We can get into it a little bit later. All right. Question for Dave. Dave, looking at this week's schedule, what do you call a matchup? of two bird mascots in the desert Sunday at 425 p.m. Eastern. A Arizona Cardinals bird bath. You call it? Or should I say a bloodbath? It's the game of the week, yeah. The Cardinals gonna beat the Eagles. Whoa. The game of the week, yeah. And the upset of the week, yeah. All right, I didn't get the, I just wanted to get that in there. <laughs> Okay. News and notes. I thought you were going to ask me about what happened with my uh, watching yesterday with Naheem Hines and complaining that he wasn't on the field when I didn't know he was hurt. Uh, yeah, you missed you missed one play, and it was the play that got hurt. I saw I saw the play, and I immediately went downstairs to get myself a Greek Yasso ice cream sandwich. You love those. Mint chocolate chip. It was amazing. Go back upstairs. And Jamie knows this. When I'm home, I like to watch the games without sound. 
So I literally so have no weird. idea what happened to Naheem Hines. So and I, I've seen the next drive, and Deion Jackson's out there, and I'm thinking, okay, they're rotating. They just use Hines a bunch. And then third down, there's no Naheem Hines. And I'm thinking to myself, Frank Reich, this punk. And so I tweet what I tweeted. And, I mean, yeah. let me just tell you how nice Twitter is. <laughs> so many people looking out for me saying, you should delete this. Some, some of them used a, an expletive. Uh, and then – People told me, you know, Naheem Hines got really shaken up, and that's when I realized that Hines had gotten there. You love those Yasso bars. Jamie, I, I oh, watch... So never tweet at the same time. I tweet... Uh, I watch uh, VH1 without the volume. You know, I, it just makes a lot of sense. Uh, just kidding. Like, who would watch TV with that volume? It's so weird. All right, so real quick here, news and notes. Yeah. Uh, David Montgomery is going to be a game-time decision. If I could make a decision for you, David Montgomery would be, please don't play. But uh, he might play, and we'll see... If he plays, who would you rank higher, Montgomery or Herbert? Uh, Montgomery. I, I would guess Montgomery. Mac Jones is questionable. Brian Hoyer is on IR. It'll be Mac Jones or Zappy Gilmore. Jameis Winston, mispractice. Looks like it's going to be Dalton <laughs> against Seattle. Daniel Jones is trending in the right direction. He looks like he's going to play in London. He's got no one to throw to. He might get Wandale. He might. He might get Wandale. Uh, it looks like Richie James has a chance. Hooray. Kadarius Phoney's is hurt again. Different Galladay hamstring. Hurt. Different hamstring for Kadarius Tony. I, I'm, right, right, I'm right. done. I'm done. Uh, T. Higgins was limited with an ankle injury, but we're expecting him to play. Keenan Allen, we're not expecting as of now. Brees Hall limited, expecting him. Guys good uh, with Tyreek Hill? Oh, you got to see what he does in practice on Friday. Yeah, the fact that he was limited is fine. If he missed, it's a little more concerning. Okay. Well, but we've seen it before where a player is limited on, on Thursday and then they don't practice on Friday, and that means something happened in practice on Thursday. Right. Hopefully. Fingers crossed that's not the case here. That's Tyreek Hill. Uh, C.D. Lamb mispracticed, but he said he's fine. Amonra St. Brown mispracticed. I'm guessing still not ranking Amonra St. Brown. No. Nope. Curtis Samuel mispracticed again with an illness, so we're going to keep an eye on that. Rashad Bateman mispracticed. Are you ranking him? No, I'd be. I, they said it's a midfoot injury. Could be pretty serious. He was in a walking boot after the game. I wouldn't expect him this week. Okay, Cameron Brait still in the concussion protocol. Falcons have been really terrible against tight ends. So if you want a, a sleeper, maybe more of a DFS play, look at Kate Otten. Uh, Kadarius Tony and Kenny Galladay are out, and Wandale Robinson going to make the trip, but ESPN said likely out on uh, Wandale Robinson. I was quick. Giants pass rusher Aziz Ojalari is out. He's probably their best pass rusher as of now. Um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's a, not a not a note for today. This is about next year. I'll get, skip that. Dawson Knox mispracticed, and he's legitimately beat up, so he may not play. And Isaiah McKenzie was limited. He was still in a non-contact jersey. I guess we can say McKenzie's trending in the right direction, but has not been cleared yet. He's got the concussion. Um, Gerald Everett was limited with a hamstring injury. Kyle Pitts, guys. Are you concerned about Kyle Pitts at this point? Absolutely. I'm actually thrilled with it. Why? I, I hope he misses the game so I don't have to start him. I can Harsh. start somebody else. Harsh. Rondell Moore was limited with a knee injury, and Hunter Renfro is trending in the right direction. If you feel that way, then why don't you just cut him? No. Because I'm hoping that he can turn it around once Desmond Ritter gets under center. Okay. Whenever that happens. I don't I'm know if that'll happen, though. They're 2-2. Two and two. As, yeah, whenever that happens. Might not be till Thanksgiving. They're 2-2, two and two, and every game they've played, the Falcons have played four games, and all of them have been decided by four or fewer points. 
mm-hmm. which I think is very now relevant. Here comes the matchup against right. Tampa. Very relevant going into this week. You might get more pass volume, might be better for Drake London, and if and if Pitts plays, might be better for him. Uh let's yeah. do beat the waiver like, wire. I like London better if Pitts plays. Okay. Let's do beat the waiver wire for a couple minutes here. We do have four teams Gino. on by. Yeah, he's on here. We have four teams on by next week. Detroit, Houston, Las Vegas, and Tennessee. So if you want a DST, the Ravens are at the Giants. They're 59% rostered. The Chargers get Denver on Monday, 54% rostered. Quarterbacks, I got Carson Wentz at the Bears, Geno Smith against the Cardinals, Teddy Bridgewater against Minnesota. Wentz at the Bears, Geno against the Cardinals, Bridgewater against Minnesota. Pick one, Dave. Would it be Geno? For now, it's Geno. All right, running backs. It's it's you know it's handcuffs mostly, but Mark Ingram. I I don't I don't really know. I feel like he's got to be rostered with this lingering rib injury for Kamara. Ingram's forty two percent rostered. Jamie, what about Gus Edwards? Fourteen percent. Is he criminally underowned? Under rostered. I went through all my leagues last night, and wherever I had an open IR spot, I picked up either Damian Williams, Gus Edwards, or Van Jefferson. So if you have the ability to stash guys, you should absolutely take advantage of that because it's a free space, and then you never know what happens. But yes, Gus Edwards should be rostered if you have an IR spot. If you don't have an IR spot, though, I don't think it's worth it. Okay. Uh, Wide receivers, there are a lot of them that are available. Going from shallower to deeper leagues, Darnell Mooney, Corey Davis, Zay Jones, Devin Duvernay, 42% rostered, guys. I mean, what do you think about Duvernay this week now that we don't expect Bateman? He's a touchdown or bust receiver, much like Rashad Bateman is, but it's not a bad idea to stash him because he's actually scored three touchdowns already this season. So um, in a game that's you know expected to be close to 50 points, uh, what Vegas is telling us, Lamar Jackson's playing like an MVP. Uh, I have no problem stashing uh, Devin DuVernay and, and using him as a third receiver this week. DuVernay. DuVernay. You got it. Uh, Josh Palmer, 40% if the Keenan Allen injury lingers. Jamison Williams, 36%. They're on a bye could he come back after the bye? I don't know. We uh, haven't heard anything. Yeah. So. But so where would you rank him among the IR guys? Because you mentioned three of them, James. First, by far. Right. But he's already on a lot of IRs. So I wouldn't expect to see him out there. But if you do, put him on your IR. I would say right now I'd probably go him one, Damien Williams two, Gus Edwards three, and Van four. Uh, Van Jefferson four. You wouldn't have Van higher because I think the Rams really need him. I mean, they've had him on their roster for the four years now, and they've never really featured him. So I think at best he's coming in third behind Cup and Higby. Yeah. So Edwards is an injury away from being the Rams, the Ravens guy. Williams could be the Falcons guy right now. And so Van is definitely fourth for me. This is his third year, Van Jefferson. Third. Third year. This is his third, not his fourth year? No. Come on, Gator. 2020, 2021. 2020 was his rookie season. So, um, Yeah, he was in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft. Who else is on the waiver wire that we might be able to add? Uh, I mean, Rondell Moore, Christian Watson, Sky Moore, Wondell Robinson. Sky Moore, his playing time has gone up each of the last two games. Big jump last week. All right, let's get into the games. Yeah, Wandale's interesting. One question for each game. Philadelphia, Arizona. How much faith do you have in the Arizona offense? Um, uh, depends on which part you're asking about. Kyler's a must-start. Marquise Brown's a must-start. Zach Ertz is a must-start. James Conner is a maybe-start. 
James Conner is a maybe not start. Otherwise, I agree. Well, a lot of people don't have that luxury. That's the problem. You know, so if you can bench James Conner, you should. But if you have to start him, then you just got to hope that, he, you know, it, it, as Heath said on HQ yesterday, it's hard to overlook when the guy's getting 18 total touches. You know, so he's probably going to be in that range of, of, of you know, carries and, and catches again. If he scores, you'll be okay. If he doesn't, you're going to be left with an empty stat line, which is what he's giving you more times than not. So if you can, bench him, bench him. Yeah, it's just to say that he's going to get 18 touches. That was the first game that he got 18 touches. So, but it's also the game that they said they want to feature more. So, yeah, and they well, but it was the best game script they had, right? That they beat the Panthers, you know, pretty much from start to finish. I don't remember the entire game script, but they're usually trailing. I know I just predicted an upset. Well, anyway, that's the first game we'll talk about. And the Eagles see the fewest running back carries in football, so we'll we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, Seattle and New Orleans. Who's the best wide receiver in this game? Chris Olave. DK Metcalf. Mm, okay. Is it close? Because I feel like it's probably close with yes. all three of these guys, right? Yes. Yeah. If you've got any of those first three, and throw in Thomas if he can make in a miraculous recovery from his injury, uh, you're looking at four starting wide receivers. But I, I love what I've seen from DK the last two weeks. Double-digit targets, uh, at least 18 PPR points in each game. Totally in sync with Geno Smith. It looks good. Dallas and the Rams. Uh, this game is in Dallas, right? I don't know why I put it the other no, way. No, it's in the Rams. Oh, it's in the Rams. Okay, I had it right. Uh, the Rams allow the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Does that mean mm-hmm. anything for Michael Gallup or Noah Brown? It certainly will help if there's no CeeDee Lamb. But, you know, I mean, the, the Cowboys are, are a very conservative team right now, understandably so, with Cooper Rush. So... Lamb is the only one that I would say is, is a must-start guy, and he's been fantastic. Um, you get some sleeper appeal from, from Gallup, probably ahead of Noah Brown, but both guys are you know deep league number three type of receivers this week. Okay. Chicago at Minnesota. Dave, are you feeling it? Definitely. At least seven targets in each of his past three games. I believe his targets have been seven, eight, nine, which is great if you watch Sesame Street and if you start Adam Thielen <laughs> In fantasy football, I think not good for number six, in. though. What? It's not good for number six. That's right. Um, too bad for six. <laughs> uh, 15 PPR points. Pencil it in for Adam Thielen. Okay. The Bears allow the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, and they have faced Look some they good played, though. They yeah, faced they, some good one. They, they faced the Packers Lance in the rain and the Giants last week. Not the Giants. Daniel Jones. They don't count. They faced the Packers, the Niners, the Giants, and who was the other game for the Bears? The Texans. Yeah, they did well against Brandon Cooks. They did. I mean, that, they did. I don't, I don't think this is this is not a defensive here. I know. I know. Okay. Uh, in fact, you want to know who the top two teams against wide receivers are? I already told you the Bears are number two. Who gives up the fewest Giants. points? The Giants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta, Look Tampa Bay. Can you trust anyone in the Falcons passing game, Dave? You can trust Drake London as a flex this week in PPR. Maybe a low end flex in non PPR. If you're really desperate or if you're looking for a dart throw in DFS, you can look at Olamide Zacchaeus, especially if there's no Kyle Pitts. But otherwise, nah. Jamie, do you like Jeff Wilson? San Francisco at Carolina, do you like Jeff Wilson this week? Uh, yeah, I think he's a very good number two running back. Better in non-PPR than PPR. Um, you know, Don't overvalue what he did last week, but clearly the workload has been consistent since Elijah Mitchell has gone down. You know, So the touchdown run was great. You see the, the explosiveness is still there. Um, 
I think you just got to, you know, sort of expect, you know, 11 PPR points, which is kind of what he's given you the, the first two starts. If he scores, he'll be uh, unbelievable. So um, it's, it's, it's just a, a favorable match, a favorable situation. The matchup's not exactly easy because the Panthers run defense has been better than expected, but you're starting Jeff Olson if you have him. They haven't allowed more than 11 PPR points to a running back in three straight games, and it's against Saquon, Kamara, and Connor. Yeah, I mean, it's Connor or whatever, but Saquon and Kamara, I think that that means something, especially in PPR. We'll find out. I, 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 I like him as a low-end number two running back. I think he's okay. We'll find out if Kamara means something, he, or unless he's another one of these all-washed-up guys. Yeah, it's, the NFL is washed up. Are you guys already like in your mind making your running back list for 2023 and just no. throwing out so many names that no. like you know you're not going to have Kamara high, you know no. you're not going to have Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry high next year. No, as, you- as a matter of fact, um, Todd Rones, who's our, uh, our our most generous don- yeah, donator to um, makes the most generous donation to our St. Jude draft ton every year. He asked me something about running backs, and he said, "What? What are your? What do you think of next year?" I said, "The only thing I know for sure is that Derrick Henry will be a top three running back again, and uh, everybody will doubt him, and he'll just, you know, continue <laughs> to do this for the rest of his life." <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I it, it think, uh, well, it's to be determined. But a lot of the guys that we've been relying yeah. on for so long are really not performing up to yeah. the standards we used to see. But that's that's the NFL, you know. I mean, the scoring is just way down this year, so. Uh, maybe we're just focusing on some people. Okay, last one is uh, Giants and Pat. Well, by the way, do you like Jeff Wilson or James Conner this week? Wilson. And Giants-Packers, would you start all Packers? That would be Rodgers, Jones, Dylan, Dobbs, Lazard. Start them all? I think if you're in a three-receiver league, you're starting Lazard and Dobbs. Uh, otherwise, you know, those aren't must-start guys yet. And Tanyan's in the, in, Tanyan's in the streaming conversation. Tanyan's in the streaming conversation. Dylan is a flex. I think I think Lazard is probably good enough to go. I'm a little worried that only one of those two receivers will be good for fantasy because I don't know how much passing they're going to have to do. Yeah. Do you <clears throat> like AJ Dillon, uh, Dillon or Connor? Dylan. I've got Dillon ahead of Connor. Oh. Dillon or Wilson, Jeff Wilson. Jeff uh, Wilson, but they're close. Okay. All right, we got a lot of other podcasts to talk about here to let you know about. Anyway, how about Morning Combat? Yes, Morning Combat did beat Fantasy Football today for Best Sports Podcast and Podcast Awards, but that's okay. We're very proud of them. Uh, they're a terrific show. If you like combat sports, check out Morning Combat. You like college football? You like the NFL, fantasy baseball, soccer, women's soccer? We have so many podcasts. We are the freaking best podcast network, so go to cbssports.com slash podcasts and check it out. And yeah, Podcast Awards update. We did not win. Maybe we were the runner-up, I'd like to say that. But CBS Sports did win. And I want to thank everybody for getting us nominated onto the final round. That was really cool. Um, seven of the ten podcasts that got to the final round were from CBS Sports. So I, I really think we have the best podcast offerings and uh, the best listeners as well, including one guy who won $10,000 last night. So, you know. Um, all right, Philadelphia at Arizona. First game we're going to talk about. The Cardinals have a top eight running back, a top 10 wide receiver, and a top four tight end. The Eagles have a top three quarterback, a top 10 running back, a top 10 wide receiver, and a top 10 tight end. We got a lot of really good players in this game. We are excited. How about this stat of the game? Since the start of the 2021 season, Zach Ertz has 12 end zone targets, third most among tight ends. Dallas Goddard has two. 
<laughs> two end zone targets since the start of 2021. And by the, by the way, Mark Andrews leads all tight ends with 20. He has 18 more than Dallas Goddard. And I think Ertz has a lot of them with Arizona, too. Remember, Ertz started 2021 with Philadelphia, which is part of the reason why Goddard only has two. But I I think that that's what his role is when there's no DeAndre Hopkins on the field. I think he gets looks inside the 10. Yeah. Um, The other stat, I think, is that that the Eagles see the fewest running back carries per game. They're a tough team to run on to begin with, and they're a tough team to be able to run on because they score so many points. And so that, I'm sure, is going to inform your James Conner decision. So, Jamie, I'll give you the first word. We just talked about him. Sounds like he's the number two running back, but who are some guys you have him ranked around? Like, what range is James Conner in this week? Oh, he's the number three running back, ah. and he's ranked around the elites of Najee Harris and Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott for this week. That's how good... James Conner is um, more so that those uh, other two guys are just struggling right now. But yeah, it's it's a tough matchup. Um, he's not finding the end zone. He's not getting a lot of running room. I think the thing with James Conner, if you have him on your team, you you again, as I said before, you have to have a, a, a pretty good situation to bench him because whether it's 18 total touches or 15 total touches, he's going to be in that range. Um, you know, and and still the ability to fall into the end zone because he's done that time and time again with his team. He just hasn't done it very often this year, but. It's a tough matchup on the other side. You saw what they just did to Jacksonville in that run game, and James Robinson had been running hot, as hot as anybody in the league, and they shut him down. I think the thing you just got to do with James Conner is, if you can avoid him this week, I do think that when Hopkins comes back, this offense will start to look a lot better because there'll just be more options on the field and more things that they have to worry about defending other teams. So sit on Conner right now. might be a buy-low opportunity, uh, but for the time being, if you can sit him, you should sit him. 11% 11% of his runs are for zero or negative yards. Would you, either of you care to guess what percentage of his carries have been for 12 or more yards? He is zero. He is a long yeah. of 10 yards this year. Correct. And no running back has had more than 10 PPR points against Philadelphia in the past three weeks. If you look at the Eagles' year-to-date run defense stats, they are spiked by what the Lions did in week one. And we've already identified that the Lions are one of the best running teams in the league. In the three games since, it's like uh, 3.5 yards per carry, one yard before contact per rush. They are good. Yeah, This is a really bad matchup for Connor. Uh, the good news is Kyler Murray is throwing to his running backs uh, 20.3% of the time. That's up from 17.4% last not year. Bad, but so, that's not all Connor. No, it's not. But, you know, he, he okay. Anyway, whatever. He's a number three running back. Now, I'm going to finish up with the Cardinals here because just based on the way you guys have it ranked, Kyler Murray, he's eighth. So the only players ahead of him are players that you probably don't have along with Kyler Murray. Tom Brady, I think, is ahead of him, and obviously the elites, but uh, Joe Burrow is ahead of him. But no waiver wire guys, not Cousins, not Carr. So you're starting Kyler, you're starting Marquise Brown, and you're starting Zach Ertz. I guess I would just say, you know, kind of vaguely, kind of generally speaking, I mean, I could... I don't know how confident I am in them. You know, I, I am starting them and I agree with you, but if I were playing devil's advocate, it's not like Kyler's really playing that well this year. Their offense, other than the game against the Panthers, they've just sucked. They've just been terrible in the first half. Um, they're always playing catch up. You got Darius Slay and, and James Bradbury. I mean, this is not a great matchup for wide receivers. So I, I don't know. I mean, you have them ranked as if they're not facing a really good defense is what I'm saying, I guess. Uh, those three players in particular, Kyler, Marquise Brown, and Zach Ertz. Jamie, like, does it make you nervous to have them as must-start guys, basically? 
Not really, no. I mean, I mean, I think this will be some garbage time production for Kyler. Uh, we've seen that, you know, uh, whether it was in the comeback effort against the Raiders, you know, which, you know, you could say qualifies as garbage time because of how the score was. Uh, but earlier in the season also. I, I think the thing about him, you know, even go back to last week's game. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn the ball over five times, he still got you two touchdowns in that game against his defense. And I, I feel a little bit better about Kyler as a fantasy quarterback than I do about Trevor because I do think this is a game where Kyler will probably run because he's going to be under such duress. So is he going to have a slam dunk, unbelievable game? No. Am I considering benching him? No. Zach Ertz has been too good. It's a revenge game for him. I'm not going to get away from him. And Marquise Brown has been just soaking up targets. So, yes, I'm, I'm fine with those three guys. Okay. On the Eagles side of the ball, Miles Sanders is a, a start. He's not in the top 12, but he's not far from it. Jalen Hurts, obviously, you're starting. A.J. Brown, you're starting. A.J. Brown gets all of the green zone targets. Dallas Goddard does not, but you're starting him. So, Dave, Devontae Smith, start or sit? He should be in your start conversation because it's a good matchup, because Philadelphia could try to get him going. And, you know, two of his last three games have been really, really good. I, I see no problem in starting Devontae Smith as, at worst, a high-end flex. Yeah, this is the team that that often gives up bigger games to the number two guy, uh, unless they see them as kind of co-number ones. And this is a team that uses their top cornerback, Byron Murphy, on the number one receiver. Sometimes they did it against Devontae Adams, for example. Um, all right, how about uh, Devontae Smith or James Conner in a flex? Smith. Easy. Okay, Devontae Smith or Gabe Davis? Smith. Go a little higher in there. Uh, Devontae Smith or Brandon Cooks? I'll take Cooks. Mm, me too. All right, Eagles DST is start-worthy? Let me see the updated rankings on the Eagles DST. Are they... 12th, 12th and 6th for Jamie and Dave, and Heath has them 10th. Okay. All right. Let's go to our next game. An interesting one for fantasy. Probably going to be kind of ugly. But Wait, were you serious about the Cardinals winning? I could see it. You know, it's football. They're market corrections. Eagles are 4-0. I could see them losing this game. Um, yeah, I, I, I could see it. Kind could of a cross country trap trip? game for this could be a trap game for Philly. You know who they play next week? No, I don't. Chiefs, Dallas, Dallas. Uh, oh yeah, Sunday night. Um, yeah, I could see it. I mean, it's not it's not crazy. Okay, Seattle at New Orleans. Stat of the game: the Seahawks are allowing the most pass plays of twenty plus yards, the most pass plays of twenty five plus yards. The Seahawks, they're not giving up that many fantasy points to wide receivers. It's kind of weird, but. They are ripe for the pickings, basically. So, um, anyway, I think you guys like Chris Olave quite a bit, and we're assuming Michael Thomas is out. Chris Olave or Devontae Smith? Olave. Olave. Okay, so is he like top twenty? Uh, yep. top fifteen. Yeah, he his numbers weren't overwhelming last week, but he did leave. He missed some time with an injury and made some great plays. He looks really good. First touchdown, but lowest targets in the last three weeks. Right. Geno Smith, starter sit, Dave. You've been uh, Team Geno. I wish that I had ranked him ahead of Russell Wilson. Mm. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? This is a tougher matchup. It's, it's not against Detroit. The one time he had a really tough matchup this year, he was terrible. I'm thinking that he'll be okay, but he, I feel like he's in that, like, 
252 and two range. So I, I like him enough to start him over Stafford, for example. Um, but I, I'd start him over Goff. But I don't like him over Trevor Lawrence. I don't like him over Cousins, Rodgers. Well, let's see. If he has another lights-out game against New Orleans, he's going to be – I think he'll be in that circle of trust that everybody hates. <laughs> uh, the Saints are a tough matchup. They have not allowed more than one touchdown pass in any game. No quarterback has a rating over 84.6. They have faced oh. Mariota and Mayfield, but they've also faced Brady – and Cousins, Brady without Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans got kicked out of that game. Yeah, I do feel like their defense is weird, though, because they're not blitzing that often, and they're not getting a lot of pressure. No, very low pressure. I think last in they, football. They did, uh, I, they did against Carolina, but everybody else, they haven't. So I, I don't know what they're, what they're really doing or what their philosophy is. Um, but they might not pressure Geno, and that's really, to me, that's the key. If Geno's not pressured, he's going to pick him apart. How about Rashad Penny, Jamie? Any any chance? Uh, well, no. Any hope for Rashad Penny this week? Uh, coming off a huge game against Detroit, but that was Detroit. There's absolutely hope. Um, you know, I don't think he's a slam dunk must start, but I also don't think he's a slam dunk must sit. Uh, first off, I want to see what happens with Ken Walker. Uh, went from practicing in full to limited with a shoulder injury. Penny went from being out with a shoulder injury practicing yesterday. So maybe they swap shoulders. Um, I, I think for, for Penny, you know, it's just what the sample size is. The sample size is three mediocre games and then one great game. And the one great game is against air because the Lions don't play defense. So we'll see what happens this week. I would put Penny closer to the Connor Zeke Harris group than I would the Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, Devin Singletary group. So that just kind of tells you, you know, just in terms of three guys we were definitely counting on versus three guys we had no, no anticipation for. Um, I don't think Penny is a top 24 running back this week, but I would not be, you know, fighting anybody who wants to start him coming off last that game. And, and I would be I, one I, of those. I do, think, I do think it's more for me, it's more about the lions and less about Penny at this point. I'm one of those people. I, I think Penny's got too much upside to sit. I currently have him. One spot behind Jeff Wilson. I'm going to change that. I'm going to start Penny over Jeff Wilson. They both have challenging matchups. Penny just has huge upside. I don't want to miss out on that. I love that he's played about 70% of the snaps each of the past two weeks. And the Seahawks kind of got a reminder of how good he is when they feed him the football. I know they want to get Geno going. I know Geno's playing great. They can have both of those things happen. And I, I, I like him. I think he could have a good game. Low-end number two fantasy running back, but a start. All right, so Jamie said, I think if I remember correctly, he said Olave is his highest-ranked wide receiver. Dave, you said Metcalf, which mm-hmm. means Metcalf must be close to your top 12. He's 12. Okay. Man. <laughs> because I, The only thing is, Detroit is really one of the worst defenses, right? And he had He's 13th. I'm sorry. He's 13th. Okay, well, that's much better. Now, he, had, uh, he had 149 yards last week against the Lions, hit some big plays. But he was 64 or fewer yards each of the previous three weeks, 36, 35, and and 64 yards, and two of those were tough matchups, and, you know, he's, he's facing pretty damn good cornerbacks this year, actually. But, um, all right, Metcalf, you're starting. Jamie, where do you have Metcalf? 25th. Oh, all right, so a pretty big gap wow. there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he's a slam dunk either in the two receiver league. Do you have Lockett higher? I have Lockett one spot higher in PPR. I have Lockett one spot behind him in non-PPR. I really hate answering questions, starters or questions about those guys. I don't really feel... The answer's simple. I don't I don't feel that it is, but that's because I obviously I don't think it is either. 
obviously, Dave, you're just more confident in Geno Smith, but I think the Saints' defense is very good, and yeah, I think this is going to be tough sledding. I I don't know what you thought about how Kirk Cousins played last week, Jamie. He should have had a, a better game than he did statistically, but I thought he played well, save for the interception that he had. And I, there's just something going on with the Saints' defense where they're they're playing well enough to keep quarterback numbers down, but I, I don't think they're playing so well that they're shutting deep offenses down. So I'm I'm kind of banking on Seattle to keep it going. Offensive line's done a better job the last couple of weeks as well. Charles Cross has played well, their rookie left tackle. Lockett has at least 15 PPR points each of his last three games. Metcalf has at least uh, 17 PPR points each of his last two. I'm I'm good with those guys. I yeah. I think you keep them in your lineup. But he was they, they've bad. You know, again, looking at the schedule, those those guys. Lockett had a good game against San Francisco. Metcalf did not. Metcalf did not have a good game against Denver. And then he's played well against Atlanta and Detroit. Right. And then you go back to, you know, Geno. Okay, 20 fantasy points against the Broncos. Under 200 yards passing. Did get a second, the two touchdowns. Didn't have an interception or a turnover in that game. Mm-hmm. Then he takes advantage. Then he struggles against San Francisco. Takes advantage against Atlanta. Takes advantage against Detroit. I mean, there's just... I need to see him do it against a good defense. I need to see his offense do it against a good defense. The Saints may not qualify as a good defense, but this is a rested defense after not, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, should be should be a relatively rested defense um, sure, for, for where they are. And at home. coming back home after a loss, I kind of feel like that's a good spot for them. So I, I'm going to I'm going to not necessarily go all in on the Seahawks. I think it's just a matter of they're, they're easy number three receivers because that's essentially how they were drafted. Metcalf a low end number two. Lockett was basically number four receiver drafted. So. It's just a matter of what your rest of your team looks like. Penny's kind of the same thing. If you want to start him, start him. You know, I just not be surprised if this is a bad game, a big letdown spot after beating up one of the worst defenses in football. And their pace of play is typically pretty slow too. So, <clears throat> excuse me. We'll see how that matters. Okay, let's so finish like up on this. Like let's Devontae finish up. Smith. How do you have Smith ranked compared to the Seahawks guys? Uh, I have Smith ahead of both Seahawks receivers. And I've got him sandwiched in between Metcalf and Lockett. What about McLaurin? Love McLaurin this week. I'd take him over both those guys. I'd take him over Lock. Can you stop asking Jamie questions and let him catch his breath, please? Like it's so cruel what you're doing right now. He's got he's, he's got Jamie. <laughs> could you recite the Gettysburg Address? <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, let's, seven years ago. Let's finish this up here. Uh, any interest in Will Disley? Real quick, Will Disley. No. If you're a desperado at tight end, you could put him in and cross your fingers he gets six starter set. Uh, Saints quarterback in a great matchup. DFS. I like better than Gino this week. Ooh, <laughs> do Dalton you? Better than, wow. Okay. Yes. I don't. I I don't like him that much, but I do think he's streamable. Uh, Alvin Kamara, easy call. Yes. Or start him. Start him. All right. The matchup helps a lot. Uh, start Olave. We're not expecting Michael Thomas and Taysom Hill. I think I like him better than Disley at tight end. I do. Okay. You, you look at how bad the Seahawks' run defense was last week. Start a running back who might be a quarterback that you can use a tight end. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys have the Saints defense very differently here, which shouldn't surprise you based on the conversation we have. Jamie has him 14th, Dave 22nd. So you should avoid that. And for what it's worth, you know, in terms of their pass rush, they did get three sacks last week, which is season high against Cousins. All right. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, Dallas at the Rams. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Dallas and the Rams. All right. Can the Rams bounce back? From a disappointing game here and uh, get a home win against the surging Cowboys who are winners of three straight. Stat of the game, this is more of a season-long thing. It maybe gives you some hope for the running backs for the Cowboys. They have run the fewest red zone plays in football ahead of only Carolina and Tennessee. And and they didn't really run many. They didn't run many in week one with Dak. I don't know how many they ran, but since he went out weeks two to four, they're 24th in red zone plays, but they were ninth in 2021. So if you want to be optimistic about the Cowboys offense, uh, you know, they just... They're not running a lot of red zone plays. They're not moving the ball that well. And they're very, very conservative. Anyway, sit Cooper Rush. Sit Ezekiel Elliott if you can. So Rashad Penny's ahead of Zeke? Yes. Okay. Uh, Jamie was the lower guy on Penny. So Jamie, Penny or Zeke? Yeah, yeah I, would take, I would take Penny over Zeke. All right. Try to get away from that. Um, start CeeDee Lamb. Gallup and Noah Brown are kind of dart throws, I guess. But... You know, I will say, just so everybody knows, Noah Brown did not lose snap share last week with Michael Gallup coming back because he's got his role in the, in the slot and he's been 79% or more of the snaps in all four games. Uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz or Taysom Hill. And by the way, the Rams have allowed one touchdown to a tight end in the last 15 games. So Schultz or Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill. Uh, Taysom and non-PPR, Schultz and PPR. Remember when Tays- when Dalton Schultz was not great last year? It was when the Cowboys had three receivers for their quarterback to lean on. And you just talked about how Noah Brown did not lose his role. Gallup is back. I, I want to see it change when Dak comes back. I can't guarantee that it will. Yeah, it's a little scary. I, I think yeah, there's. I'm is. definitely going to hold on to him until Dak gets back. I'm not dropping Schultz. But... Is that how you guys feel? But I definitely don't want to start him. Yeah, so if you could avoid him this week, avoid him. And avoid Matthew Stafford. You guys have him right around 20th. Dallas, number one pressure rate in the NFL. Spent yep. a lot of time talking about this yesterday. Just I don't want to rehash it, but uh, ugh, yeah, it's hard to trust them. Okay, Dave, look, if the Rams are going to protect Matthew Stafford and to attack the weakness of this defense... You'd think they should run the ball. That's Dallas is uh, giving up 4.78 yards per carry to running backs. Uh, and th- they have such a good pass rush. You don't want to be in obvious passing situations. So what does that mean for the running backs for the Rams this week? 
Well, theoretically, that would mean that they would get a lot of work. But if they can't have success opening up lanes for Henderson and Akers, uh, they'll give up on that run game pretty quickly. I'm not trusting Henderson or Akers in fantasy lineups until I see something more. This doesn't feel like the matchup where they'll have success running it. Are they behind Zeke? Yeah. It's funny how few starts we have in this game, you know, for a Dallas right. Rams game. It's kind of a shame. You'd think that this would be a spotlight high scoring game. What's the total for the game? I can look it up if you don't have it. I got you. It's uh, 42 and a half. Oh, my. I mean, when the season started, you would have said this is going to be a 50, 51 over under. Mm-hmm. Rams are pretty big favorites, too. Five and a half points. Oh, they. Oh, man. The Rams are five and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. They want you to take the Cowboys. I, I, yeah, they're begging you to to put your money on Dallas, which means you shouldn't. Tyler Higby is a must start, right? Yes, one of three guys <laughs> for the Rams. Oh, no, the game? one of three guys in the game yeah. at tight end. Yeah, uh, Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett. Higby, uh, Everett, non and half PPR Higby PPR. If Kyle Pitts plays, Higby. He's or allergic Pitts? to the end zone. I don't know what the problem is. Who Higby? Yeah, should have had a touchdown last week. Stafford yep. missed him. Uh, Higby or uh, Pitts if he plays. Higby. Higby. All right. And which DST do you prefer? The Rams have really been pretty bad DST. Uh, Rams slightly. Okay. Uh, Rams or Dolphins. Dolphins. I don't know why I've ranked higher, but I think it's. I think it's the Rams. They weren't so bad weeks one through three. They were terrible last week. Scored zero points against the Niners. All right, Chicago at Minnesota. Stat of the game. Kirk Cousins, 38 or more pass attempts in three straight games. First time he has done that since 2018. But also, Kirk Cousins, third most red zone pass attempts, second most green zone pass attempts. Red zone is the 20-yard line and in. The green zone is inside the 10-yard line. You know, instead of just explaining that every time, just call it the red zone. Just call it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, teams call it. The I don't low explain red it every zone. time. I don't explain it even close to every time. But, uh, you know, just in case people, some people might not know. Just say inside the 20, inside the 10. It's so much easier to say red zone and green zone. I'm trying to save my voice here. Adam, I think people know what the red zone is. I think they so, just, too. But you just know got what? a name inside the 10 is inside the 10. And they'll know what that let means. Me tell you what the, let me tell you the controversy here. Is the red zone inside the 20, or is it including the 20? I believe the NFL defines it as inside the 20. So if a play runs exactly on the 20-yard line, I don't believe it's considered a red zone play. Well, first, and goal, first and goal from the 10 and in, so the tw- it's, it's the 20 and in. No, goal, that? that's different, though. Goal to go is different than... Because I don't think the green zone includes the 10-yard line. Just say inside the 20, inside the 10. <laughs> I don't think it's inside the 20. I, I think it's the 20. Why do you in, complicate I, things? I, I might be wrong. I'm not, all right. So anyway, let's go back to this game. It's like yesterday, I asked the two of you to send me the notes the exact way I sent it to you, and both of you did it differently. I don't, no, that's I not true. I did it exactly how you did it. That's no, not true. I said DraftKings and FanDuel. You send FanDuel and DraftKings every time. And Dave then or me? To put, no, you me. decided to put a, a semicolon in, in front of it every time. So I have to just go through and clean it up. <laughs> it's just so painful. Why does that matter? <laughs> because because the graphic doesn't do it that way. I have to you're say, talking what to the they producer do? They copy and paste the show. They copy huh? and paste the graphics department? Do they? Yeah. What the yes, hell does it matter if I put a semicolon? Where, where the players, 
You're also putting it where the players rank. That's for <laughs> my purposes. Okay, well, it, don't send it to me. <laughs> but, this, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, it does not I, matter. The graphics. I write depart- notes too. I don't. The I people don't in the graphics department are smart enough to create a I'm graphic. That I will work. Why complicate on that? It's not complicating way. anything. It's in fact it's making life simpler for me, which is really What's what I'm all about. What's the name of the zone from five yards or closer to the end? Zone? <laughs> they go, they we have a name for that. Zone. I used to call it the magenta zone. Everybody hated it. I thought it was funny. They thought it was stupid. The gold zone, the score zone. Chicago, all right, we're gonna start over here. Chicago at Minnesota. Uh, sit all Bears except the running back. It's gonna be ugly if if Montgomery plays. You know, so. I, I I wish there was a scenario where because I'm sure a lot of people have probably had this not a lot of people but I'm sure some people had this dilemma of Naeem Hines versus a Bears running back if if you had to make a choice knowing that Montgomery practiced yesterday, um, so yeah I I think you know I, I would like Khalil Herbert to be the guy one more week just see what happens. I would I would have Darnell Mooney in a couple of DFS lineups because the Vikings have struggled with wide receivers they allow a high catch rate um, they're Slot receivers have like almost an 80% catch rate against them. Mooney's lining up in the slot a lot. They've been really bad against speedy deep ball receivers specifically over the past three weeks. And the Bears threw it a little bit more than they had previously. And Mooney was the main recipient. Yeah, he was. He had a good game. He had 90 yards last week. Four for 94. 94 yards. Only five five targets. That's the frustrating thing. No, but for the Bears, that's like a 60% target. (laughs) (laughs) Cole Komet or Kyle Pitts, JK. Uh, Kirk Cousins is top 12. You can start him. You can say JK, but hasn't Komet been better the last couple of weeks? Oh, I hope not. No, he hasn't. Who was better last week? Pitts was, what, one catch for 25 yards or something? But two games ago was Pitts' good game. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's, yeah. Kirk Cousins were starting. Dalvin Cook were starting. I mean, this is an easy game, honestly. Uh, Adam Thielen is going to be, you know, flexy. So Adam Thielen or Rashad Penny. I feel better about Thielen. Yeah, I take Thielen. Okay, Adam Thielen or Devin Singletary. I got those guys back to back. Thielen ahead of Singletary. Uh, Thielen. All right. I mean, look, the Bears, second fewest points to wide receivers, and let's go through it. Debo had 14 yards on seven targets in the rain. Throw out that game. Ayuk had 40. He still had seven targets. Ayuk had 40 yards. Sammy Watkins had 93. Lazard had 13 yards and a touchdown. Cooks had 22 yards on seven targets. Not that bad. They are missing Jalen Johnson. Likely. I don't know if he practiced yesterday. He's missed two straight games. Uh, any interest in Irv Smith? Irv Smith. To like carry my luggage at the airport, definitely. Touchdown or bust. Okay. <clears throat> Minnesota's DST, you guys actually have top seven, and it's a great matchup. The Bears have just might be number one for fantasy gold for DSTs. So let me get this straight, Jamie. I send you an email with what I need the graphics department to make. You send it over to graphics, and they say, "Wait." I can't input this. There's a semicolon. I don't know what anything means. No, that's not as much, that's not as egregious as the as your notes in there. Why? All they have to do is ignore it. Uh, so if people have no idea what we're talking ignore. about. They have to take it out. You're making that additional step for people. Why are you're, they taking right, it out? I think you're making it for Jamie, not for them. I don't know why they have to take it out. They can't just ignore it. They put it. Okay, they put in like, here's the DFS guy that Adam likes for this game, and here's his price. I also put in parentheses, wide receiver 25, because I want to say, oh, he's 25th most expensive player on DraftKings. They, see, that, see, that's Adam, a problem. You're, 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 you're the talent. <laughs> There are a lot of people behind the scenes that work hard that don't make as much money as you. 
Oh, don't even stop and that. And you're making more work for them. Okay. Uh, don't. So wait a minute. Are you cleaning up, Jamie, or are you passing on no, more work to those people? I clean up your FanDuel DraftKings mistake, and I clean right, up his. Right, but I don't that's not to. as egregious as what Adam's doing. A semicolon? No, I'm sorry for <laughs> your, that. Yours is worse. Thank you. Atlanta, Tampa Bay. All right, so yeah, the, the, the stat that I'm looking at here, guys, is that like I said earlier, the Falcons have been within four points in every game, win or loss. Everything's been close, and that's been it. That's allowed them to be so run heavy. But the Buccaneers, uh, they're seven and three in the last two seasons, coming off a loss. I guess the last two and a half, two plus seasons in the Tom Brady era, seven and three coming off a loss. Average margin of victory is eighteen points. So, does that change things for you, uh, Dave? When you look at the Falcons' offense, you know the game script. And how do you think this plays out? And who do you start in the Falcons offense? Uh, I'm starting Drake London as a flex. That's really about it. Unless Pitts plays. If Pitts plays, he's a low-end tight end. I, there, there's no one else that I feel really confident about. This is a, a good Bucks defense. I think the Chiefs expose them maybe a little bit. Whether the Falcons can capitalize, I, I'm not sure if they can. They've done some really good things, and they're running the ball pretty well. Their offensive line's doing a really good job. They've got a bunch of physical running backs that they can just keep rotating in that can wear down a defense. I think that's what they're going to try and do uh, against the Bucs. I just don't know how successful they'll be at it. So that's why I can't say start Tyler Algier, start Caleb Huntley. Uh, they might be good for 10 PPR points, one of them, but I think it's just, I think they're better to have on the bench than in a lineup this week. Uh, Todd Bowles said Quote, their run schemes are outstanding. Probably one of the tops in the league about He's the Falcons' right. run game. I mean, you look last week, and and they, they kind of proved it last week. Uh, all right, but Algier, you guys have outside the top 30, so just don't love the matchup for him. He's terrific for the bench. Drake London, Jamie, or Adam Thielen? Thielen. Dave? Thielen. And the other problem with Algier, let's just say he does have a good game. He's got San Francisco next week, week seven at Cincinnati. So they've, they've got a tough stretch, the Falcons do, coming up with run defenses. Drake London or Garrett Wilson? Ooh, uh, London. But I go Corey Davis over London. I, 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 I have London over Garrett Wilson, but I kind of feel like Garrett Wilson should be starting. I mean, if they're going to have to throw more than 20 times, they might even throw 30 times in this game, which would be a lot for them. And Kyle Pitts is going to be limited or out, you know. But it's weird. Like, I don't I don't know if I feel as good about London if the Bucks know, okay, this is their best receiver. We've got to put the safety over him and try and take him away. And there's so much evidence of this offense where if you take away the best receiver, you're probably going to win. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady is top seven. Start him. Start Leonard Fournette. Rashad White, any interest? Rashad White or Tyler Algier? Oh. PPR, Tyler Algier or Rashad White? Uh, still Algier, but it's close. I want to have White on my bench, though. Yeah, right. I'd rather have White than Algier on my team. Yes. Uh, all right. Mike Evans is a must-start. Starter sick Chris Godwin, Jamie Eisenberg? Must-start. He okay. destroys this team. All right, let's go. Oh, my go. gosh. Yes, he does. <laughs> And, Do you have those numbers? I mean, I don't think we have to go through them. Just take our word for it. He's amazing against Atlanta. And what about Julio Jones or Russell Gage or what about a tight end? Anyone other than Godwin and Evans in the passing game? You mentioned Kate Otten as a deep sleeper, you know, tight end premium type of guy. 
but that's it. That's it. That's it. If you want to know the Godwin stat. Uh, it's 35 catches, 558 yards, six touchdowns in his last five games. His worst game was 13 PPR points over that span. Mm. Or you can just listen to that. There you go. All right, next game is San Francisco at Carolina. Stat uh, of the game. I gave this stat a couple of weeks ago, I think, uh, that Charlotte is the pimento cheese capital of the world. Uh, but the other stat of the game is that Charlotte apparently also has a very old Dairy Queen, and that has been named a historic landmark. And I will ask you guys, do you have a favorite Blizzard flavor? Or have you ever had a Blizzard from Dairy Queen? Have we ever had a Blizzard from Dairy Queen? I don't think I've had one since college. Same. I had two yesterday. <laughs> and a Yazo bar. Uh, and Reese's, a peanut, Reese's peanut butter cup. Or Reese's, yeah, Reese's pizza, whatever it was. The peanut butter cup one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fudge brownie with hot fudge in it. That's a, that's a little... Indulgence, I think. That's a little My gluttonous. doctor yelled at me yesterday. <laughs> he said, what do I have to do to get through to you to lose weight? Literally that said that to me. Jeez. My doctor. You can eat what I had for dinner last night. It was so bad. You'd lose weight. I had rabbit paella. Oh, disgusting. All right, anyway. back to Rabbit this. paella? Yeah. I had very limited options, and it ended up, I had to get rabbit paella, and it sucked. You had a restaurant? Yeah, in the city. Hudson Yards. Oh, how was Comic-Con? Comic-Con was fun, man. My you friend, went to Comic-Con. My friend spoke at a panel. He's got a show coming out called Koala Man. I'm sure you're all Oh, Dan. Dan was there. Yeah, yeah. He spoke on a panel. It was really cool. That's cool. And uh, Koala Man. Keep an eye out for it in the coming Did you get the autograph? I didn't get any autographs, no. And one of Anybody my friends. You an autograph? I hadn't seen one of my friends in five years, and she was there, too, because we're all high school friends with my buddy Dan. And I was looking for her, and it was dark, and I... She was sitting four seats away from me, and there was nobody in between us, and I didn't recognize her because she was wearing a costume. You know, like everybody who dresses up at Comic-Con, she was like wearing this crazy costume. Like, what? That's you the whole time? All right, anyway. What uh, were you dressed up Did you see Chris and Frank? No, I think they're going today. Um... Is there... Are there any tough calls in this game? Like, we're just wait, wait, starting... Go back to the rabbit payette. Where were you? Hudson... You ever been Hudson Yards? It's this, uh, it's this like crazy, fancy, really cool upscale um, mall, for lack of a better term, in New York City. Very unusual. Court, one of those places? What's that? One of those food court places? No, it, it, it's, it's a massive, massive complex. It's, I think anyway, it's a huge development in New York City over the recent years. Uh, I'd never been there. So someone took us there, and we went to Little Spain. We went downstairs to this place with all these Spanish food. I did have some churros. Those were great. And they just didn't have a lot of food, and not that I wanted. I just wanted to go get a burger somewhere. I got the rabbit paella, and I just did not like it. And it was $18. It's a bad choice by you. It's really my only choice. So we're starting McCaffrey. That's it for the Panthers, right? Yes. Okay, Ayuk and Wilson, I get. Oh, Ayuk, Wilson, Kittle. Then the Niners are kind of interesting. Not starting Garoppolo, obviously, but you are starting Debo. Any interest in Brandon Ayuk? You already said Jeff Wilson. He's the number two running back. He's ahead of James Conner. He's ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. He's behind, correct me if I'm wrong, Wilson's behind Devin Singletary, behind Miles Sanders. Yep. Yep. All right. Correct. How about Brandon Ayuk? Any interest there? I've got him as a top 40 receiver. I, I kind of want to trust him this week because that Panthers defense, I think they can be susceptible to the deep ball. But I, I don't like him enough to say, yeah, start him over uh, Gabe Davis or even Deontay. I'm not a Deontay fan this week. I can't I can't recommend that. Who would you start over George imagine, Kittle? I can't imagine in this offense, oh, if they're going to try and get Kittle going, that two guys go off. Or three. 
Um, so yeah, three guys go off since you're right. Uh, who would you start over George Kittle, Jamie? Uh, Higby, Everett. That's probably it in terms of the guys that you have picked up along the way. Okay. Ertz. Ertz? I'd start Ertz. Ertz. Okay. And Hawkinson. And I'll see. All right. That's it for, for that game. San Francisco's DST is top four. Start them. Ayuk uh, or DJ Moore, by the way? That was creepy. Ayuk or DJ uh, Moore? I'll go DJ Moore. Did I skip a game? I have Giants-Packers. I just want to check the schedule to make sure I didn't skip a game. All right, so let's do Giants-Packers real quick. Stat of the game that nobody is buying. Giants allow the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, Jamie, give me the layout of this game here. You're going to start Saquon Barkley, and that's it for the Giants. How do you feel about the Packers? Does Rodgers score more than 20 fantasy points? He's been 20.1 20, 20. to 20.4 fantasy points in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues in three straight games. Do they run all over them? Yeah. How does this work, and who do you start for the Packers? I'd start Lazard over Dobbs, but both are number three receivers. Uh, Lazard's a borderline number two guy. Uh, I, if if Rodgers gets the third touchdown, he's going to have a big game, and he just missed the third touchdown last week because Dobbs didn't hold on to the ball as he went yep. to the ground. So he's starting to play better. Uh, surprisingly enough, two things in regards to this game. This is the first time any of the London games have had two teams with a winning record. Is that incredible? So, I, I I could not believe that. That it, is incredible. It's like 40, it's, 30 games, I, 40 games, something like that. Two teams with a winning record for the first time. And this is the first time Rodgers has played there. Um, he's never played there. It's the last team to actually play in London. So um, I, would, I would not be surprised if he goes over there and puts on a show. So, yes, I'll say he goes over 20 fantasy points. The Packers gave up a home game, too. I know. That's kind of incredible. They must have eight home games, eight road games, and a London, right? I mean, there's no way they have, like, nine road and seven home games. I mean, I could, if you really cared. I, I kind of do care, because there's not much else to talk about. <laughs> no, there is, actually. I think A.J. Dillon's really interesting. He's getting a, a decent amount of work, but just not doing much with it. I want to trust him. I mean, I feel like this might be... I feel like this might be a prove-it game for A.J. Dillon, guys. Uh, you know, if he can't come through, if he gets a lot of work in this game, if the game goes as we think it's going to go and he doesn't come through, then we're going to have to reevaluate starting him. But Maybe, but I don't know if we can call it a true Joe Boo game for him because I don't think anybody's cutting him if he has a bad game. No. And, and he he's still Jets getting a lot of work. Week. He's just not scoring. He's not finding the end zone. He's not making any big plays either. I think he's averaging 3.7 yards per carry. He's a better player than that. Um, so it, well, it, a lot of the runs are like in obvious running situations, like third, third and one, he's, he's going with the idea of getting two yards, not 10. So it's only going to be, that's going to hurt his rushing average. Eight, eight road games, not including London for green Bay. So okay. you were correct. AJ Dillon or Kareem hunt. Kareem. Uh, Dillon. AJ Dillon or the James Conner. dependent. So it's no matter who you feel is going to score. I should probably bring this up because I've been obsessed with this play for, for three days since I since I watched it. Uh, I haven't brought it up. But Kareem Hunt, they set up a screen pass for him at the 11-yard line that was so perfect, and he would have walked in the end zone, and Jacoby Brissett had a man in his face, and he just kind of threw it right at his feet. But he, if he had caught an 11-yard touchdown, you might think differently, and he should have. Uh, anywho, uh, is A.J. Dillon ahead of James Conner, Ezekiel Elliott, and that other old running back that we don't yes. want to start that I don't remember. Connor. He is. Yeah, it was Connor, Elliott, and who else? Najee. Najee. Not old. I've got Najee ahead of him. Okay. 
All right, Lazard is a number two three. He's like right around 24-ish for you guys. What did, what did he say yesterday? How many more passes has Devin Singletary caught than Najee Harris? Five or six. Something crazy. Like I think that. it's more than that. I think it was like nine. Nine? Wow. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs or DJ Moore? Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs or A.J. Dillon? Dobbs. Uh, I'll take Dillon in nine and a half and Romeo in full. All right, I'm going to do one more Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs or Corey. 10 catches for Najee, 17 for Devin Singletary. Seven. Split the difference. Uh, it's amazing. Corey <laughs> Davis or Romeo Dobbs? Uh, Romeo. I do like Romeo more than Corey and Gabe Davis. <laughs> wow, this is the shortest show we've ever done. Uh, Robert Tunyon or Kate Otten? <laughs> This is the shortest show we've ever done. Let's Tunyon. extend it by talking about Robert Tunyon and Kate Otten. What are you guys doing this weekend? Going to Dairy Queen. <laughs> Dave, what do we have to uh, do to get you to lose months. weight? What did you say, Dave? Now Jamie? you're starting with me. First my doctor, then my wife, then my mom, now my podcast host. What are you doing? Uh, let's see, got a baseball game tonight, T-ball game in the morning, uh, Baseball game in the afternoon, wow. early morning. Um, wow. Kids' birthday parties. Nice. London game, so we're starting uh, Sunday HQ at 9 a.m. It's going to be really tough. I'm going to be on the air at 11.30 a.m., so I'm not going to be able to really watch the Giants lose at the end. That's going to be tough for me. So if there's a surprise in active, did you like my joke I made last night? By the I didn't see it. I was at Comic-Con. Uh, I, I, I tweeted uh, with Naeem Hines well after the injury, so I let the injury settle, but I said... Uh, if Adam Azer was your commissioner, he would like to take Hines out because he got hurt in the first draft. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Semicolon parentheses. All right, we're uh, we're out of here, everybody. Thanks yes, so much. Hines for- was the uh, Hines was the, the the 16th best running back in the in the league last night, according to Adam in parentheses. <laughs> Sucks for Naeem Hines. Really was looking forward yes. to that feature showcase game for him. He was uh, on his way. Hopefully, a big game. Okay, thanks for watching and thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you with the mailbag. And you know the drill. We'll see you this weekend. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.